Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to the Monday Scramble Podcast. I'm Ryan Burt, joined by Rex Hoggard and Will Gray from GolfChannel.com. And guys, it is the Monday Scramble coming off a, a really interesting Sunday for so many different reasons. Uh, VJ, Ernie, uh, but kind of stealing the show was Billy Hurley III, a 34-year-old that would win in his 104th career start. His best finish this year had been 41st. And when the chips were down, not only did he not uh, show really any signs of nerves, but uh, he was better down the stretch, kind of winning in a walk. Well, and he didn't show any nerves, he didn't show any emotion, which got me. I mean, if you're a writer, this is an unbelievable story, right? And you go back to last year when his dad ran away from home. They find him a few weeks later, you know, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I mean, all these things had to be on his mind. The fact he hadn't won in 103 tour starts, it was basically a hometown start for him. I don't know that there's another event on the PGA Tour that honors the military as much as they do at the Quicken Loans National and having been a U.S. Naval grad. It's really an amazing story that he was, like I said, not only, to able, not only to be able to overcome these top players coming after him, but to control his emotions. The other thing which uh, is kind of interesting, he's two fourth-place finishes on the PGA Tour. The other one was at Greenbrier and then at Quicken Loans National at Congressional. Uh, 20 minutes from his house. Clearly, he knows this golf course, and there was some home cooking going on there. He's played his best two events ever on this same golf course. Yeah, clearly it's a situation where, the, like you said, the home ties with Annapolis, with the Naval Academy, it works to his advantage. You see so many times on tour, guys have a home game, and it doesn't work out because they've got all the ticket requests, and they're, and they're distracted off the course. And this was one where it really worked to his advantage. He was ranked ahead of only one other player out of 120 guys that started the week. And uh, he played himself into contention, and, and Ryan, as you said, you kind of expected him to start to fade Saturday and Sunday with the lead, and uh, he did anything but that. There is a, a deal in sports where in the moment we tend to overreact. It happens weekly. Uh, when we're all said and done doing our year-end shows, where will this thing rank is one of the stories of the year? Yeah, Jeff Shackelford on Morning Drive this morning said it's the story of the year, and, and I don't particularly agree with that. It's the feel-good story of the year. Uh, I think right now probably Dustin Johnson yeah. at Oakmont is probably the story of the year. But Jordan, it, Masters. It, pretty good, yeah. Probably and it, the story of the year. And it's probably going to be in the Ryder Cup. In years like this, it's sure. almost always the Ryder Cup. But it certainly is a story that you couldn't sell to Hollywood. I mean, you can't believe this script when you kind of look at it. It, it. It's an amazing story, the fact now he gets to go to the Open Championship, he can open his schedule up, and it goes back to TPC Potomac, which is across the street next year, which he's a member at. So you have to really like his chances going into the next year. But I think it'd be in the top ten to answer your question. It's not going to be number one. Somewhere around six or seven would be my guess. And it does open up, uh, changes his life on a lot of levels. He's not that old, 34. Uh, but he will play the Masters for the first time. He does get in the Open Championship, so uh, good for him. A lot of doors open, uh, life-changing kind of win, as we see a lot of these journeymen that win for the first time. 
for those two years, their lives kind of free up and have some flexibility. Yeah, it's definitely the two-year exemption. I think a lot of guys would rate that even ahead of maybe one trip down Magnolia Lane. This is a guy that he missed his card last year at Web.com Finals by less than 400 bucks, and it proves such a, a difference when that road diverges that he's having to do a patchwork schedule this year between Web.com and some PJ Tour sponsor exemptions. And Not now, anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> it's, you know, him and Jim Herman and... Vaughn Taylor, those guys are, yeah, they're set for two years, and it makes a huge difference. Now, one of the stories of the year would be if Tiger Woods would decide to play in 2016. Uh, I've kind of been saying on Twitter since day one that uh, since day one, I didn't think he was playing in 2016 in the, in the season, maybe in the fall or, or his event uh, in, the, you know, in December. But uh, I think from day one that you keep saying you're getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. It uh, kind of keeps the sponsors and everyone willing to wait and see what happens. But uh, from his, his words he said on CBS and what Nick Faldo has said uh, actually uh, Monday on the Dan Patrick show that when Tiger got up to walk away that uh, he looked like he was in a lot of pain just uh, removing himself from the 18th tower. It certainly seems that Tiger is uh, further away than maybe we were led to believe earlier this summer. And, and I wasn't on the same page as you. I mean, full disclosure, I, I really thought he'd play this year. I didn't go on Twitter. I didn't make that announcement. I think you're getting closer to being right, though, because if you look at what he's got left now, I mean, what, what are his options to play the Open Championship yeah. at Rural Troon, which seems completely unrealistic, or the PGA at Baltusrol? And I feel like you got to play both. If you're going to play one, you got to play both. I don't think both. he's not going to play. He's not just going to come back and play Baltusrol and then take six weeks off. The FedEx Cup. He's right. not going to come back and play the Wyndham just because it was his only top ten last year. And, and, look, you can look at this from two sides of the coin. One, he's clearly being very careful, which is Has good. To be. Yeah, which I get. You don't want to have another back procedure. I mean, that's probably not something you want to contemplate right now. So you certainly appreciate that. And this is a guy who hasn't really followed his doctor's orders throughout the course of his career. The other half of it is you go back to right before the Masters yeah. when it seems like he waited until the last minute to make the announcement that he wasn't going to play, that maybe there was some – a glimmer of hope that he could come back and play Augusta National. And now all of a sudden he's making announcements three, four weeks in advance that he's not going to play the U.S. Open, Quicken Loans, probably not going to play the Open at this point. You wonder if there's been some sort of setback. You wonder exactly how far along in the process is he really. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it makes you wonder. I was thinking about this this morning that uh, I give it a 50-50 chance that he comes back, and when he does come back, he doesn't feel very good and doesn't play very well. And come that's back this season or come no, back? No, period. Just period. Oh, wow. So in 2017, comes back, gives it a couple cracks, and then uh, ends it. Really? See, I, I don't, I mean. That's the end. The betting man in him just lit yeah, up. Yeah, I can just, is, I, yeah, I can just see the numbers here. I don't know. I don't know if that's. That's I the mean, end. I understand what you're saying, that there's, there comes a point when you're dealing with nerve damage. I promise you, he's not going out shooting 80, 75, missing cuts, yeah. and going to keep coming back and doing that every week. There's a matter of pride where he shuts that down. I'm never going to be healthy. The back's never going to be right. It's the, one of the great careers in the history of sport. Good night and goodbye. I see what you're saying. I think it would take him. A, I think it would take a full season to get to that realization, unless he had another setback like he had at, at Bridgestone. So you would see. You think he would go through the process of missing eight, nine cuts in a row and playing awful and not feeling good, and he would just go through that. I don't know if there's a harder thing in the world for a pro to walk away from the game. It's the hardest thing for them to do, whether that's professional golfers or basketball players, whatever the case may be. The ESPN story that Wright Thompson wrote said it best. The quote from Michael Jordan: "It's hard." to wrap your mind around the fact that I'm not that guy anymore. And it takes some guys longer to get there than others. Unless you're burned out. 
And, and yeah. look, I don't know how he would be burned out. He hasn't played a lot of golf in a while. So I, I just I don't see it. I, I, I certainly understand that if he comes back and starts doing what you just said, 80, 75, missing the cut, the, it is going to be a short leash. I wouldn't imagine him doing that for 15 events over the course of a yeah. season and deciding that he's done. There's going to be something else that factors into it. That being said, we're not even a year removed from the winner. Fair enough. Sure. Listen, the, the, it, I could be, it could be the polar opposite where he comes back and, and top tens and, and is healthy and, and playing the, the chipping woes and the putting and everything else is great. I mean, I, I've got no insight here. I'm just saying the path we're down now, uh, you know, what we saw at Quicken Loans with the wedge when he put three straight in the water, I don't think he's going to embarrass himself. So if it comes to one or the other, I see see ya good night and goodbye yeah. now he may come back and and the competitor in tiger and if he's healthy and can grind and can practice like he's legendarily done could come back and be great i hope that happens but if it comes back and he's not he comes back and he's below average i don't think he sticks around and does that i don't know what you do at that point in your life though i've been around we've been around a lot of former tour players and look i've seen all of them deal with the same struggles what do i do now i mean yeah. i remember trip eisenhower when he was on tour he was a very good source of mine and, yeah, I mean, that, that's not pretty when that's the situation you're putting. You don't think there was a level of embarrassment there? Oh, I totally think he was oh, yeah. embarrassed at Quicken Loans at, at that media day. But the, and the problem is that now that's the last thing that we've seen. If we would have, if the last thing that you saw of Tiger is him playing, you know, at, at 70% at Blue Jack National and kind of batting it around with the driver, you would, you would be in a different frame of mind. You'd be like, all, all right, right, you can put it together. But the fact that that's the last thing that we saw is him chili dipping three straight wedges like a 15 handicap. That is problematic. And he still has visions of going out like Kobe. He still is going to take every shot in that game until I go out like a champion. And, and there, there's no doubt in my mind that he still envisions putting himself in the hunt on Sunday at Augusta. So, uh, quick straw poll here. Does Tiger Woods win again on the PGA Tour? Yes, I think he does. Uh, I will say yes with less conviction than Rex. Does well, Tiger there's a lot of, there was a lot of caveats in mind. Does Tiger Woods win a major again? No. No, I, I think that, that ship has sailed. Yeah, not only because of his physical issues that he has to deal with, not only the fact that you're missing entire seasons now, I just think the level of competition now is so hard. These guys have not gone against Tiger Woods at his best. That is mind-boggling to me, though, that in your heart of hearts you think he wins again. Yeah. Well, it kind of plays he into could have very were... easily won at the window, well, which and that's not even 12 months ago. But it plays into what you were saying, that if he's out there, if he's going to continue, it's probably because he gets it closer to being competitive. I think a 68 at Torrey Pines is going to go a long way, whatever course it is. That one decent round where things fall into place and he hits 14 greens and he resembles even a shred of the player that we once knew, that will buy him a little bit of time. I think we'll have a better – I think we'll know before that first start where he's at, that when the word comes out what he's shooting at medalist or wherever he's practicing and, and uh, that's kind of leaked out that Tiger shot a 62 the other day and he's hitting the driver longer than he's ever hit it before and everything, then you, you maybe start to believe. If it, if it is more of the – boy, he really looks – really looks tight when he's walking around and he's coming back in a couple of weeks but he still doesn't really look right when he's walking he looks really old then it, it, that's going to be a tougher sell i would think and my guess is he's had he's had his good days and his bad days down at medalis but he realizes at this point in his career with the injuries that he has he has to have four consecutive really good days of walking practicing shooting the number going out with a scorecard in your hand and he just hasn't done that. That that part is obvious. Well, he said he said that much at, at Quicken on Wednesday. He said, "I need to play four or five days in a row. I need to play 36 holes in a day, 
and he hasn't hasn't checked those boxes off yet. We will see. The the tie it does seem to be further than closer to, to happening, but uh, and crazier things would happen. Maybe he'll show up and play uh, the PGA Championship. Don't think he will. I don't but know that there's a lot of things that are crazier than Tiger Woods playing it in the next month. I, we'll see him again in the golf cart at the PGA when he's a, I mean, at the Ryder Cup when he's in a vice captain. That's my guess. That's next time you see him on a, on a golf course. Yeah. With or without with, the squirrel. With the guys. With or without the squirrel. He'll have a walkie-talkie and he'll be yeah. yelling instructions to David Slob. That's my guess. And, that, and even like an event like that could push him along a little bit more to come back at his own event. Uh, because that week, the competitiveness in Tiger being part of that, I think, would, would help him get back out there in the long run than, than sitting at home and, and playing video games. Well, and that's, it's four events. You're talking about his event at the end of the season. It's a very small field. It's a golf course he's familiar with. It would, it would make perfect sense. If you can get a good start in there and get fresh going into the next yeah. season, Torrey Pines being obviously the one he's probably you know, earmarked is where I'm going to come back. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's move on to the Olympics, guys. Uh, another busy week for the Olympics with guys – uh, deciding that they were not going to be heading to Rio. First and foremost, Rory McIlroy uh, saying the Zika virus is just too much to, to think about. He pulled out. Uh, Brendan Grace has pulled out. Another South African is the South Africans uh, have been pretty quick to pull out of this thing. Graham McDowell, who was supposed to replace Rory, uh, was going to have another child. He pulled out of the Olympics. And I'm not really sure where we go from there. You can see the list, and it, it just seems to keep growing and growing. You kind of like the way Adam Scott handled it, that if in your heart of hearts you knew you weren't going to play no matter what, kind of get it out of the way in the beginning. Now it's this drip effect where as soon as your name pops up as the next up, then they decide to pull out. Your thoughts on where we're at? Well, and I agree with that, and I wrote the column on Friday. And, and look, I, everybody has their reasons for not playing. I certainly understand that. Graham McDowell, his wife, is expecting a child. You certainly wouldn't want to catch the Zika virus and take that home. I get it. Everybody has their legitimate reasons. It's certainly understandable. And it, there will be a competition. Medals will be handed out. What the problem right now in my mind is with these guys coming out every other day, every three days, and withdrawing, it's almost like death by a thousand cuts. What you're ending up with is it's distracting from the competition. And really, all, everybody needs to get together and decide who's playing and who's not playing. Make one announcement so we can spend the next four weeks focused on the competition instead of daily talking about who's not playing. It's interesting. What you don't see are track and field or swimmers or rowers or gymnasts uh, pulling out. You have golfers that are pulling out, millionaire golfers that are pulling out in the name of Zika. Uh, how do you think that, that that ultimately is an excuse, or do you think that's the reason? No, I think these are legitimate concerns. I mean, when you talk about a guy but like Zeke is not the only concern. No, this no, it's not a it's not a one one cause thing. Is it more scheduling or Zika? It's I, probably all of the above. I think I think Zika is probably the leading factor, but I don't think I think the tour didn't do them any favors with the way the schedule set. Agreed. Out. And I think that this is a problem that they should have seen years in advance, and they kept punting and kept punting, and now you have this compressed schedule in 2016, and they threw it at the guys and said, all right, we'll just deal with it, and you can figure it out, and now it's backfired. Yeah, they kind of threw it in their line. Here's, where, here's, our, here's I think, where we're at right now. I think that, uh, as you said, the Olympics will be played, and there will be medals passed down, and everyone that does end up making it there will come back and say, that was the greatest experience in my life. Yeah, man, just like I, tennis. Man, much like it was for yeah. tennis. Am I glad I did that? When you're sitting in your hotel or your home in June and you're worn down, and you pull out your calendar, and you see what your calendar looks like. 
It's no different whether it's golf or the three of us. When it's out in front of you so many times, it's just easy to say, you know what, I don't really want to do that. And then when you do do it, you say, boy, am I glad I did that. And I think this Olympics is a, is a great case of that. When you sit here in June, having played more than half the year, and you see the schedule that lies ahead, it's really easy to say, I'm just going to take a week off. Sure. But I think, the, I think that the, the, the next Olympics, you'll see a much better attendance because of the word of mouth coming out of Rio will be, that was the best experience of my life. And that did surprise me. Sorry, Will. Yeah, it did surprise me because I thought Rory had put it in the best terms possible. And he, he's usually one of the coolest heads in the room. And it's just been a couple weeks ago he was asked why. Why do you want to play the Olympics? He was still committed at this point. And he thought about it and he said because it's probably going to be our, meaning golf's, last chance. Because let's face it, we're in the 2020 games. But they will vote to decide if Goss stays in the Olympics after 2016. So there is no guarantee that Goss is going to be in the games into after 2020. So in his mind, I think he was looking at this as a one-off. So I am curious how he ended up coming to his decision. It was a personal decision. Again, I understand it. But you're right. Guys are staring at those calendars, and they're thinking to themselves, I'm not going to put myself through this. It's a Ryder Cup year for a guy like Rory. Yep. And there is only so much these guys can take. I mean, I think that it, it goes to what you were saying before, that there are, there are more factors than just the Zeke involved. If the, if the Tokyo Olympics were this year and Rio's in 2020, I think you see very few guys pulling out, whether it's Zika, political unrest, the water, the travel, just the whole thing. There's a lot of package involved with Rio that's making it got, it's easier for guys to claim Zika and bail. And I think you could have even, I mean, Chicago could have hosted in 2016, and then you would have had a far different story. And, and I will say this, and I've done this story. I interviewed the, the golfer from Paraguay who has qualified for the games. He will play in the games. His name is Fabrizio Zanotti. And it, the question that we've always asked these guys since this started was, Rory, would you rather win a green jacket or would you rather win a gold medal? Kind of an unfair question because we've all been conditioned to win majors. I asked Zanotti the same question, but would you rather win a bronze medal or finish third at Augusta? Without hesitation, he said, I would much rather win a bronze medal for what that would mean to his country. The history uh, of the Olympics, Paraguay has only won one medal in, in soccer, football. Right a few years ago. They only have two Olympic athletes currently qualified, or I'm sorry, three Olympic athletes currently qualified. The impact it could have on that country is I think in post Rio, when we look back, people will be like, oh, I get it now. That, that was kind of an important deal. Yeah, I think your Zanotti story is more, is there's a more of a similarity there to the rowers and the track athletes and the swimmers and where they come from uh, compared to the, the, the Rory's of the world and whatnot where you know, it's, it is just uh, a really, really busy 2016. Yeah. It's tough because, I mean, just this weekend is all the U.S. Olympic trials. It's all on TV, and you see the swimmers and, and divers and track athletes just absolutely breaking their bodies down trying to make these Olympics, and you see the reactions when they do make it, and you juxtapose that with all of the golfers where it's more for golf. It's it's the 25th event out of out of 30 or whatever. It just does not have the, the magnitude that it does for other sports where it is the only shot every four years that you have to distance yourself from the pack. And it puts an emphasis on the tour, but all tours, just not the PGA Tour, but to get it right in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. We have four years now to come up with a schedule that is much more schedule, and I don't think you can do stroke play either. I think it, well, I Was think that set in stone? Is that even debatable? Uh, no, I don't think it's set in stone. I think they, they kind of went with it out of default because they wanted professionals, they wanted they wanted what the professor If you had some to. kind of team country deal, I think it would really add to it. Probably. Yeah. Sure. They gave out two medals, an individual, you know, 
and then the team. Yeah, there I'm was totally just agree. a little more country behind it, a little more Olympic flair in a, in a, in a team kind of thing. Uh, before we get to the Olympics, obviously the Open Championship, Royal Troon, four more tickets punched, including uh, Billy Hurley III, who we talked about. Uh, interesting guys that uh, ultimately get in through the Open Championship qualifying series, Will. Yeah, we got four guys added to the list. Billy Hurley the third, Harold Varner the third. It was a big day for everyone named the third. Yeah, he was not there, sadly. Uh, and then you got John Rahm and Vijay Singh. Surprising to think that Vijay wasn't uh, already qualified, but they're all going in. And then we've got a couple more coming up. We've got one spot that was going to be available at the Greenbrier. Now that's being moved this week to the Barracuda Championship. Four spots on the line at the French Open, and then next week, Rex, we've got four more at the Scottish Open. Was not a fan of this when they first took away local qualifying for the Open because it used to produce some of the best stories. I remember one year Brad Faxon qualified. He'd come over on the Sunday before and qualified for St. Andrews. And they always produce these great stories. That being said, it's hard to look at the list of guys the last couple of weeks, specifically this week. John Rahm playing his very first professional start, certainly Billy Hurley. Harold Varner is going to be a star. It's going to be great to see him over there. It's really worked out, and you have to give the RNA credit for seemingly get this, getting this one right. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat the way it works, and uh, a big week of golf coming up uh, this week. Uh, what do you look forward to straight ahead this week, Rex? Uh, the Bridgestone is always going to be an interesting tournament, particularly this year because of the conflict with the French Open, and you had a lot of Europeans that had to make some tough choices. But I still think it's one of the premier events on the PGA Tour. That's the one I look forward to. Yeah, I'm heading up to Akron uh, tomorrow morning. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think that just... The tension in the room of the Europeans not being there. They've got 76 guys that qualified. Only 60 are heading to uh, beautiful Akron, Ohio this week. Rory's not there. Danny Willett's not there. GMAC. And, and it's because of a situation that could have been avoided with the scheduling. I don't, understand, I don't understand how Tim Fincham and Keith Pelley can't sit in a room and figure it out and say, all right, let's play this here. Let's have Akron be a lead into the U.S. Open in Pittsburgh, whatever. But the fact that they created this monster that now has it put Shane Lowry, the defending champ, is in a terrible spot. Yeah. He's right on the cusp of qualifying for the Ryder Cup. He's getting no Ryder Cup points this week defending his title in Akron. He could have had double going to France. And this could this decision could make or break his spot at Hazeltine, and it's really unfair to him. Yeah, no doubt about that. Going to be an interesting week all the way around. We thank Rex and Will for joining us today. This, of course, has been the Monday Scramble Podcast. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.